And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they both went them together. And Isaac said to his father, My father! And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Welcome to Quirks of Creation Bible Study. Sunday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Quirks of Creation Bible Study. I'm Jess Holmes, and joining me as always is Elise. Hello. Happy Sunday. I'm so excited for Bible study again. Me too. It's been so long since we've did a Bible study, and I'm so glad to be back at it. Me too. But I think us on Sundays is going to be like the, yeah, what's happening. That's where it's at now. Yeah, Work it's so much schedule. better to like have a solid schedule. It's not on a weeknight or a school. Well, it is a school night technically, but it's not on a weeknight. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> yes, so this works out. And for everybody here live, thank you so much for joining us. Anybody listening later, thank you for joining us. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for just like taking this time to spend with us. Just as like a reminder, if this is your first Bible study or if you've forgotten kind of like what we do here, this is by no means like a lecture or a sermon. This is just like two people hanging out, reading the word, hanging out with you, hanging out with our audience, getting into the word. And just as like a reminder, we do like to do prayer requests and praises at the end of the show. So if you are a part of our Discord community, go to our Discord, drop in the prayer section, leave us your prayers, leave us your praises. We want to be praying for you. Wanna, we want to be in this with you, doing life with you. Um, and if you're not part of our Discord community, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get on there. Get in there. Do it. Yeah. Do Join it. It's be part of the talk. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, where are we picking off? <laughs> off. 2021? 20, 21, Genesis that's right. Genesis 21? Genesis yeah. 21. Oh, I should probably actually share the Bible, shouldn't I? Eh, eh. That would help. You know, whatevs. There it is. There it is. Yay! All right, so which chapter has the worst names in it? <laughs> I actually think we're okay with names for a minute. I always stick just with the... On accident. Yeah, on accident, whatever. I know. Actually, no, we got in 22, the family of Nahor. It looks like it has a lot going on. All right. I'll let you take 21 then. Okay. It's only fair. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But then you get to read like the really good one too. So oh. you get the names and the really good one. So okay. it works out. All right. I'll take it. There we go. All right. So picking up in Genesis 21 with the birth of Isaac. The Lord visited Sarah as he said, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whose, 
whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son's Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Just like looking at that. I just love this promise from God for Sarah, not only just like for the people of Israel and like all of the promises it brings to us as Christians, but just like God's in on the joke. Like, ha, Uh, you're going to have a kid when you're a hundred years old. Exactly. You doubted me. Well, here you go. Here you go. And I I don't know. I feel like we can take that. And for ourselves often, it's like, I, I doubt God's promises all the time. I shouldn't, but I do. And God's just like, just just listen to me. Just right. do it. It's it's gonna be okay. Just chill out. Everything's fine. Like, but is it? But is it? Okay. It is. It okay. And then yeah. he laughs when we finally get it. Exactly. <laughs> and we laugh too. Yeah. God laughs at your plans. Oh boy. When I laid plans, God just sat back and laughed and laughed. Yeah. You thought I was so funny. Oh, child, you have no idea. Oh, man. (laughs) Someone posted on Twitter the other day that's like, what have you accomplished in 2023 so far? And I'm sitting here thinking, well, I got kicked out of public school. I got a job at a Christian school, started the adoption process. And it's like none of these things were things I would have ever planned for myself. And God's just like starting a podcast. Oh, my gosh. Never yeah. in a million years would I thought right. I would have done that. You and me t- both. So, yeah, it's like just this year has been yeah momentous. Uh, yes, very momentous. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> That's a good thing. I'm terrible about that, especially like it's New Year and so, New Year's, and so you're thinking about your, the things coming ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, should I should take the time to reflect on all these awesome things that. Like all these promises alone in one year that God has brought forth. Oh, man. Or the start yeah. something or whatever. But yeah, whether you start something or you're just like continuing in something that you started last year, or just like taking the time to sit back and appreciate the fulfillment of God's promises, or even just like recognize the existence of his promise when yeah. maybe you didn't see it before. Right. I'm also bad about that. Me too. Me too. I should journal this stuff, but I ain't doing that. So, Who has the time to journal? Honestly? I don't know. Kudos to you if you do. I, I'm so jealous if you do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do have time, you actually should journal. I remember when yeah. I was in high school, I used to journal all the time because when you're a teenager, you have all of this extra time. You have so much angst. Yeah. You need to get out. It's so good for you when you're trying to work through something like that. Yes. And it's... Especially if you're journaling in your faith, like having people do all of this, like, and we're going to talk about this <laughs> Friday, but this like mindfulness yeah. approach to journaling. But if you journal as if you're like, I always did it like I'm writing letters to God. Me too. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yes. I did yes. that too. Ah! Oh my gosh. I love it. I love ah! that. That's awesome. Uh, they're not alone. Yay. Good company. <laughs> yep. But I feel like that gets you out of yourself. Yes. 
and then your focus is on God again, like, oh yeah, bring it, bringing this around right. <laughs> to where it's supposed to be. I don't know. So right. Yay. All right. Any other thoughts about Isaac being born before we plug on? I know that was like a side tangent. No, that was good. That was good. Nope. Good start. All right. Yeah. God protects Hagar and Ishmael. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named, and I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of the and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up. Lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin of water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Yes. Yeah. So, we talked about this at length. Yes, we have. Uh, funny, I'm trying to make a joke. Uh, I love that God's just like, do what she says. Yeah. <laughs> just, just don't, I don't, I don't want to make her mad. You don't want to make her mad. Just do what she <laughs> says. Like, <laughs> I know that's like, not just back off the woman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, let's not get testy with her. Let's just let, just, just do what she says. And <laughs> wisdom <laughs> just let the woman have her way it's fine everything will be fine no right maybe give her a snack maybe <laughs> give her some chocolate a brownie yeah. a hug and a nap that's all she wants she'll be fine it'll be okay what i do love about this is the promise that he gave to abraham because ishmael was his offspring still mm-hmm. went to him as well yeah so even though it's not quite the same it still was affected or he was still affected by the promise God had given to Abraham and his offspring. So God's right. like, this is still your offspring, and I will honor that. And I just find that very interesting. Like, no, I didn't mean him. I just meant, you know, right? you and, Ish- and Isaac and Sarah, not this mistake, if you will. But was it a mistake? That's the thing. It's like, yeah. there, there are, I hate saying there are no mistakes, but humans make mistakes. Right. God doesn't make a mistake. Right. He has so, a contingency plan. Yeah. If 
God didn't want Ishmael to exist, he would not have existed because God is the arbiter of life. Right. We are all uniquely created in the image of God. Yeah. But it's up to us what to do after we are here, right? After he's created us. We that's the whole point of free will. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this dividing branch is kind of what we see playing out in our modern times about the difference between the Israelites and Muslims, right? Is that theoretically Ishmael's line is where is the Muslim line, right? Mm-hmm. They give credit to him as Abraham's first son being like right. the ancestor to Islam. And so that's like really, I mean, that's hard knowing <clears throat> that Abraham's inability to wait on God's promises has led to But at the same time, just like in this moment, God saw Hagar, God saw Ishmael and still provided for them yeah. because they had become a part of the promise. Absolutely. So they weren't forsaken. We aren't right. forsaken. Yeah. It's just what we do with that promise. Absolutely. We still have consequences. <laughs> there are still mad consequences yeah. for our actions. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> this is like, I, I hate to gloss over it, but because this is so important and so momentous, just like in our modern culture. But if you want to like hear more about this, you can go back and look listen to our history of the promised land episode where Elise did an amazing job of really going into all of the implications of this moment yeah in biblical history if you can listen to it my voice was very very much gone but (laughs) i we made it (laughs) we made it it's so funny to me because like you got sick and you had to do your episode well you weren't sick you were like screaming because of yeah. Derby. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> but then it was I got sick fault. and I did my episode also couldn't <laughs> Right. It is just is what it is, ma'am. <laughs> the troubles of podcasting, guys. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Wrapping up. A treaty with Abimelech. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, yep. the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me. And I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set seven ill lambs of the flock apart, and Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ill lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ill lambs you will take from my hand, that, is, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a Tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. Hmm. I'm just seeing if I have any notes in my 
study Bible about it. So this week um, at school for our weekly chapel, one of the things that we talked about were these pillars of remembrance. And we see these a lot of times in the Old Testament, them people just like building things, giving them a name and remembering an event that happened there and how it's supposed to help us remember that God did something important at that place, a way to give glory to God in these moments in life. And it makes me think of what we were talking about at the top of the show, that we should look back and remember all of the fulfillments of God's promises. I have a hard time understanding what's really going on in this scenario, whether Abraham dug the well. I guess Abraham did dig the well, and Abimelech's like, no, that's my well, bro. But actually, Abraham's like, no, it's mine. Here are seven lambs. Take the lambs. This my well. Right. Like, okay, whatever. I'll pay you for the well that I dug. It's fine. That I dug. Right. Yeah. It feels like I'm just going to pay you off to get you off my back sort of situation. Like you pay yeah. off the mob. <laughs> there you go. Dude, you don't give me any problem. Here's some. Right. Abimelech was from the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines were the enemies of the Israelites. Yes. So. Gotta do what you gotta do. There's that, too. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that I have anything important to add here. Sorry. But no, it's okay. That was a good point. I love that that came up in chapel this week. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. The most random things. I know. I know. Uh, The other thing, I guess I'll just kind of like reiterate for just myself and everybody who's listening. It seems silly to fight over a well, but it's actually not. We take so for granted that we have clean drinking water every single day, but they really had to fight for survival, fight for water, find places where they could have fresh water and not salt water because they were surrounded by the Mediterranean Sea. I'm bad at geography. Well, now I'm like second guessing myself. The Caspian Sea, the Persian The Mediterranean, you're right. The Mediterranean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. And then I like, yes. I'm bad at geometry. Yes. (laughs) Geometry is so hard. Yeah. (laughs) So bad at it. (gasps) Uh, There was something I wanted to add. Oh, and... Also, I think the placement of a well, not only because you can get to the fresh water, but then you have to go get it to bring it back right. to wherever. So there's a lot of a lot of importance here. It's it's um, life giving, and it's also how difficult <laughs> is it to get that water? How much do you need this? Do you need right. to go get this today? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's not like they can just walk into their kitchen and turn on the faucet. That's that's not a thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. I don't know about you, but I need water. They probably did too. I literally have a water cup with me at all times. I just, I can't, this is one of those things that I can't fathom. And so yeah. I need to sit back and like just really appreciate the struggles of the time. And it reminds us to take the Bible in context in the time that it was written. Yeah. Because it's all of the things in it apply to us at all times. But yeah, certain aspects are very cultural. Yeah. And even these small details, it's like, yeah, there's there's still, there's significance 
and everything. So, yeah. All right. I've we'll been talking about a well for 15 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. We're good. All right. Me. Let's do it. Here we go. The sacrifice of Isaac. So chapter 22. Um, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moria and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. <laughs> Just, so Abraham rose early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's the thing is like, Abraham didn't even question. Well, he might have, yeah. but we don't yeah. see that. We don't see that here. It doesn't even, as far as we know, that and I right. like, okay, like, okay. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came back to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of, he of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies and in your offspring shall, at the, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned, his young, returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after these things it was told to Abraham, Abraham, behold, Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kemuel. There's somebody named Buzz in the Bible. I know. Amazing. I love it. I'm sure I said it wrong, but I love it. Buzz! <laughs> Kemuel, the father of Aram, Chest, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abram, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Reuma, bore Teba, Geham, Tahash, and Makkah. Actually, you I hope that. <laughs> I hope. Ugh. You got it. 
It's such a big chapter. Yes. Yeah. So a lot, a lot happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, a little bit, a lot. Just a few things. Um, yeah. Again. So he just, we don't know. I would assume that he didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> I'd be like, you, you what? You want me Are to do you what? Sure? You're sure about this? Uh, um, but yeah, I like what Pookie says. Yahweh provided the sacrifice. Absolutely. He did. Amen. And so we don't know the turmoil that Abraham went through. And we don't know really the turmoil that Isaac went through either. Because right. both, uh, I'm sure that was very traumatic. And I say that as in... It's traumatic. Like you're, you, he right, honestly yeah. thought he was going to lose his son. His son has no idea what's happening. Right. Um, and I think it's important to really understand. I, I, I don't want to speak for like Abraham. Right. But the fact that he was so willing to do it, I don't think it's obviously not because he's cold hearted, but I think it was just truly his faith. Not that God would even uh, spare Isaac, but just, okay, this is, God's shown me so much throughout this whole time. He's provided these promises for me. He's shown up every time I've needed him. I will just have faith. And I I think it's also like one of two things. Like on the one hand, you're absolutely right. Like it's just an act of pure faith Um, because in, verse five, he, he tells the servants going with him, stay yeah. here. Me and the boy will come back. He That's says true. the boy will come back. So he believes that even if he does sacrifice Isaac, God is powerful enough to just like raise him from the dead. True. In Good point. Moment. Um, but also at this, it, again, thinking culturally in this time, the surrounding nations are all sacrificing their children to their gods. Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. That was that was a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was not new. Oh my gosh. And I think the thing that makes Yahweh, the real God, so distinct from all of these other demons and false deities that the other nations were worshiping is that yes. God provided the sacrifice instead, that God said no. And it's a way for not only the people of Israel to be distinguished, but for God to be distinguished. Yes. So you can you can know that he's so much better than everybody else, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like this is um life is precious to me. And this was a test, but at the same time, I I've given you this son and I right. I cherish life. Um I'm not like the others. This is not yeah. this is not the same. Right. And of course, we know it is a prophecy or a picture of what God himself would do for us in Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a great foreshadowing of what's to come. (laughs) That is the, all the things about the Bible are beautiful, but one of the most beautiful things is the foreshadowing and the actions throughout the Old Testament, just quietly prophesying that Jesus is coming. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, hey, I knew about this then. <laughs> right. 
It's like I stand uh, outside a time or something. Right. Like I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> um, and I, and again, Isaac too, I guess you could come away from this a few different ways. Like, thank God, literally, thank you, God, for sparing my life. <laughs> right. And uh, my dad, his faith is so strong, and I know how much he loves me. Like, I don't know that, again, I'm not going to speak for him, but I, it's one way you could look at it. Or you could just be bitter and angry that your dad was ready to just. It's the thing, is we don't see you. Isaac stop. This is, this is such a great point. We don't see Isaac stop worshiping God. No. Right. Mm-mm. If you, if this had happened to like a modern teenager or whatever age Isaac was at this point, they'd be like, your God asked you to kill me, so I'm not going to worship him anymore and like yeah. put on his emo hat and walk away. He'd have all the angst he needed for the rest of his life. Right. It's like, I, I need a thousand years of therapy for this. Yeah. And it's like... But Isaac didn't do that. He he could have let that moment turn him away from God. Yeah. But I think he, like his father, saw the promise that God had in that moment. Right. That it wasn't that God was really asking Isaac to sacrifice or uh, asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. It's he was just asking him to show his faith. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, you know, to trip him up or anything like that. But uh, and also, he says, basically, you're worthy of this promise I've given yeah. you, and I will give this to you. And um, his faith and obedience is absolutely a um a beautiful thing. And also, it's terrifying, like yeah, because what has God asked of me that I have or haven't done? Ooh. What could He? ask yeah. of me what what limits are will be tested i think about that with job a lot too same um you know and it also makes you since we're in november let's talk about gratitude for a second let's do it um but it it's a way to make you thankful too like oh my gosh you could expect so much my life could be so much worse right it can always get worse. And not that not to put a negative spin on it, but it's more just like, thank you so much for all that I have. Thank you for not testing me in such a dramatic way. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think about that a lot. I wonder if he's trying to test me in ways I haven't realized yet or... I was worried. Uh, I, I'm always worried I'm failing a test. You know, you have those nightmares where you like yeah. are in your class and you haven't studied and you're in your underwear and it's a right. topic you don't know. Yeah. It's like that, but with God. Yeah. Big, big scale. <laughs> yeah. Big scale. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, th- I, God's not sneaky. Like no. if he wants you to do something, I think it's obvious. It's just, yeah we're not being honest with ourselves yeah. perhaps. Right. And I know that's something I really struggle with. I am a sinful human being, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Right. I think that's fair to say of everybody, but I'll just say you're again in good company with me there. So. <laughs> yeah. Not alone there. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, 
beautiful and horrible right. story all at the same time. And horrible as in the the anguish yeah. that that had to have caused Abraham, even for a night and a day. No, right. all even night. for like five minutes, just even, knowing that your child would die. Yeah. Your only son, you sent off your other son. Right. And now your only son remaining to you, God's like, and he's going to be my sacrifice. I don't know. Just That's the other thing is Abraham had seen how Isaac even came to be in his old, old age. Yeah. It's like he had to have known somewhere deep in his soul that God's not going to take that away from him. Right. He promised me this. Here we are. And even if he doubted, he still – and that I think is important too because we can justify stuff in our heads all day long. But even if he doubted and even if he really thought like, oh, my gosh, I could really lose right. my son, he still went through with it. Right. He still did it. And I think that's a big takeaway here too, whether he really believed God was going to – resurrect Isaac or not make him go through whatever he still persevered through all of the doubt all of the anguish all of the heartache to f- to do what was asked of him right and that's a that's a beautiful thing too so it is very beautiful an act of faith when you don't know the outcome <sighs> is it's huge I mean, mm-hmm. that's what real faith is, is when you don't know the outcome, but you follow God anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That is Abraham. That is Abraham. Good on him. And then, mm-hmm. of course, a random insert of genealogies. Right. I'm well, sure now we know where Rebecca came from. Oh, yeah. We know where Rebecca came from. Yeah. So, there's that. There's that. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. 23. All right. Sarah's death and burial. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold you, but withhold from you this tomb, withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Boy, if I could read today. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land, and he said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me, Ephron the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah. Yeah, we're going to go with Machpelah. Which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land. He said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, But if you will hear... 
if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that had named in the hearing of the Hittites 400 shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron in Machpelah, which was the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. <laughs> Nailed it. We did it. I like what Pookie yeah. uh, says here. The cave of the patriarchs or tomb of the patriarchs known to Jews by its biblical name, the cave of Machpelah. That, I mean, it feels like, why should I care about this? But this is a important historical site. Yes. It gives a very important landmark, not only for the burial of Sarah, but this is where Abraham would be buried. Isaac would be buried. Joseph, Israel, like so. uh, lots of people would be buried in this land. So incredibly, incredibly just like important place. Absolutely. And burial was, well, here's what my Bible says, which okay. I think is helpful. In Abraham's day, death and burial was steeped in ritual and traditions. Failing to honor a dead person demonstrated the greatest possible lack of respect. An improper burial was the equivalent of a curse. Mourning and relatives were cried out for the whole neighborhood to hear because there were no funeral undertakers. These same friends and relatives would help prepare the body for burial, which usually would take place on the same day because. Oh, oh, that was weird. But yeah, um, the religious practices uh, of that time especially surrounding death, were so, so important. I mean, it's still so important now. I think we've, I don't know. I think our culture views death in a very weird way, um, probably because we're just not used to it as much because we live so long. Yeah. Um. But there seems to be a lot of fear and anxiety surrounding death or anything associated with death. Where, as back then, it was like, yes, it was sad, but you had a lot of respect for the person who passed away. And you showed that in the burial ritual. Right. And that was a time to really give them honor and res and show the respect as right. well. So. This was a big deal. <laughs> a huge deal. And I mean, like, good on the Hittites for giving them this land. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it also says, Abraham was 
In a foreign land looking for a place to bury his wife, strangers offered to help him because he was an honored prince and they respected him. Um, although Abraham did had not put down roots in this area, his reputation was above reproach, and those who invest their time and money in serving God often earn a pleasant return on their investment, a good reputation, and the respect of others. And I didn't think about that either, but it was because of their uh, personality is not the right word, but because of what they had done and because right. of the who they were, their respect was returned. You know what I mean? People were like, yeah, we'll do this for you. Yeah. It, it's so special that they were willing to do this even though they were strangers. I think it's so interesting that Abraham was seen as a prince. Yeah. I never like really think of Abraham as being a prince. No. And I, and we talked about this a few, like in the beginning um, when we started this, Abraham was wealthy. Yeah. He was wealthy. His herds were doing great and he had, he had the money of that time to, so I, I wonder if it's part of that, like, princely wealth that he had 400 pieces of silver is not a small thing nothing to sniff at that's for sure right but yeah yeah so you never know how treating others with kindness and respect not that you do it to be rewarded but also you never know how that's going to come back to bless you later too yeah it the idea of being kind to others isn't so you can get something out no, of it. I no. think uh, another thing that our culture looks at is all relationships as being transactional right. in some way. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's nice when good things happen because you're nice to other people. But you should be kind to other people because that's what you're, you should do. Yeah. You shouldn't have to have a reason to be kind. No. Uh, okay, so tangent on that really quickly. Do it. Uh, This always bothered me. I knew someone who was like, well, I'm, I, uh, I do these things or I'm nice or I'm kind and I, I help others because that's what I'm supposed to do. And that always, that always made me so angry. And for the longest time I was like, he's not, wrong like god calls us to to love and be kind and compassionate and that's our job as christians but i was like but why does this bother me so much and finally it hit me it's like because our hearts as we focus more on christ our hearts should be changed and our mindset should be changed Mm -hmm. to be more like him so it's not really that we're doing it because we're supposed to it's because our hearts and our minds have been changed to be that way Right. You know, yes, we're kind because he was kind. Exactly. We're kind because he was kind. And we remember and we are aware of how much forgiveness we've received and how many blessings and all the love that God has poured down on us. But it's not just like, well, I'm a Christian and this is what I'm supposed to do. No, it's like I pay it forward. My heart, Mm -hmm. my mind, my soul is changed because of his love for me. Let me show it to you because I want to, and that's where I'm, does that, does that make sense? It does. I love that. I love that tangent because you're so right. It's, I teach kids. So I always think about like 
comparing it to what the, the way kids think because that's what yeah. I'm used to dealing with. Yeah, and they're always like, "But so and so doesn't do it." It's like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. But she didn't, or he did this. Like, I know, I know how unfair the world is, especially in kids' minds. Right. It's like my dad was always fond of saying, "Life isn't fair." Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. It's one of those cliched things where it's like, it's true. I don't want to hear it all the time, but it's true. <laughs> it's hard to hear, but it's better to know than to walk around and pretend like life should be fair. We live in a fallen wor- world. It yeah. will never be fair. It doesn't work that way. And no matter you how you can much- accept that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not with a chip on your shoulder, but just like. That's right. Life isn't fair. <laughs> Find joy yeah. in it. Like, yeah. it's, I get, I'll, I'll circle back around to what we're going to talk about on Friday. Yay. But it's about your attitude, right? If you're going to have a stinky attitude about it, then of mm-hmm. course, it's going to be a bummer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like what Hicktown Honey said here too. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's easy. One percent of the time, I gotta ask God to help and ask why I gotta be nice. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not gonna. Actually, I think you're very generous. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's easy. I don't even know if I can right. say that. So I'm good. on Twitter too often to be <laughs> at ninety nine percent. So good on you. You're doing much better than me. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it, that that's fair, and that is. Sometimes there are times where you're like, I just have to because I have to. Like, yeah, I have to be nice because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. Yeah. There also is a difference between being nice and being kind. We're actually not mm. necessarily called to be nice. That's we true. are called to be kind. That's um, true. And those are very different things, I think. They are very different things. You can be kind and loving without being a doormat like exactly not to to put too fine of a point on it but (laughs) you don't have to let the other person walk all over you decide what you should think decide what you should say or let lies come out of your mouth in the name of being nice right right that's not good either because lies are not kind lies are not compassionate exactly and we're definitely not supposed to lie. So making sure that we're living in compassion and truth, I think, above all else, is the driving force, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a fine, there's a good balance there. Yeah. Balance I'm working it. on it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <sighs> um, all right. <laughs> I love TikTok, honey. That was good. My understanding of turn the other cheek is to block them bitches and pray for them. <laughs> I love it. I like that too. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Isaac and Rebecca. Let's do it. All righty. Genesis 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charged, who had charge of all that he had, 
Put your hand under my thigh that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for, for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But I will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife from my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, taking all sorts of choice gifts from his master. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside of the city gates. Wow, I'm just making up my own words. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time when women go to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show the steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say, Please let down your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac." By this time I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman, who was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known, she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord, and she quickly laid down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. Then she had finished giving him a drink. She said, I will draw water for your camels also until they are finished drinking. That's a lot of work, by the way. That is a <laughs> lot of work. She's so nice. <laughs> There's a nice person. Right. <laughs> the man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel, and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels, and said, Please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spare, room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way of the house, way to the house of my master's kinsman. The young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban ran out toward the man to the spring. As soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. He said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. 
Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash his feet and the, wa- and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set down before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. He said, speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and he became great and has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him he he has given all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's household and to my clan and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you prosper and prosper your way. You shall take a wife from my son, from my clan, and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my clan. And if they will not give her to you, you will be free of, from my oath. I came to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, Behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw the water, to whom I shall say, and he's just reiterating all of this. All of it. (laughs) All of it. Please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew water. I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink. I will give you your camel's drink also. So I drank and she gave the camel's drink also. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. I'm so sorry you got this long one. No, I forgot that it's repeated like 500 times. (laughs) It's too funny. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arm. Then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I might turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebecca is before you. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold and garments and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. Her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman remain with us at least ten days. After that, she may go. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered me, has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. They said, let us call the young woman and ask her. And they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent 
away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, O sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. Then Rebekah and her young woman women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Almost there. <sighs> okay. <laughs> now Isaac had returned from Berleha Roy and was dwelling in Negeb. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. At least the servant didn't repeat the whole story a third time. I know. (laughs) Just to reiterate, in case you missed it. (laughs) Here it is again. you missed it. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So the servant, no, I'm just I know, right? I was about to do that too, but I was like, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a long chapter. It's a long chapter. But it's also just like a really nice story to see how God uses the faithfulness of everybody involved. The faithfulness of Abraham, the faithfulness of the servant, the faithfulness of Abraham's extended family. Because they could have been like, we don't know you from Adam. Right. Get out of here, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Like, who are you? Go away. It probably didn't hurt that he was like, my master's pretty wealthy. Yeah. Here's some gold to... Jewelry, which I know was customary at the time too, it but was. still. And also good on Rebecca because the, they gave her the opportunity to give her a 10 day wait period, but she was like, I guess I'll go. Nah, I'm out of here. Exactly. She's like, Well, I just offered this guy's camel some water and, and now I'm going to go off to get, get married. married. Yeah. Woohoo. The world's weirdest meet cute. <laughs> yes, true. Oh my goodness. Who's that dude in the field? Oh, that's that's your husband walking over here to meet us too. It almost feels like one of those love at first sight moments because they mm-hmm. both like noticed each other and she's like, oh, I'm going to put my veil on so he doesn't look at me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, base babe. How to, f- how to find a husband. Offer camel's water. There you go. Everyone should go out to their local watering hole and just start offering water. Marriage advice from Elise and Jess. <laughs> You're Hang out by the well. Offer gallons and gallons of water <laughs> for camels. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll just turn out great. practice of putting the hand under the thigh for a promise is really interesting to me because I thought that didn't start until... Who was the one who had the dislocated hip? It was Jacob, right? Because he wrestled with God mm-hmm. and had his hip popped out of his socket. And that's, I thought that's when that practice started. But it starts way earlier. And now I'm like, I have a question. Why? I know. I was thinking that too. I'm like, you know, I've never really looked into like that custom, why that was a thing. 
That's such I a weird know. thing. It's like, I don't want people touching my legs. <laughs> I want to make a promise. Like, uh, Pinky Promise, got it. Pinky that Promise works. is good enough. <laughs> Pinky Promise works. Don't touch my legs. <laughs> we went from that to a handshake. Like, that's right. that seems like a good one to me. Emo voice. I'm going to go touch the butt. I'm going to touch the butt. <laughs> I'm just looking to see if there's anything in here. But I don't think so. Everybody's yeah, I, like, I don't know, it was the thing. This it, is what it is. I think the story is very straightforward. I don't know. Yeah. 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 They and I like I like what you said. Like it just shows the faith of everybody in this situation. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Shows the faith of everybody. <laughs> to be fair, at this time, this was an oral tradition. So having to like repeat stuff so you actually remembered yeah. it. I yeah. understand. True. But it's still a lot. Nope. Nobody's got anything in here for me. Fine. Fine. Right. Study Bible. Yeah, uh, lots of sure. stuff in my Bible, just like about the faithfulness and the promises and like how all those ornaments were worth a lot of money and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you said, it was just a practice at the time for... You to be wedded off to someone you didn't know. I mean. Yeah, it's not like that was unheard of either. So, and it's not right. like a woman really had a say. Right. In any of it. So, like, well, guess I'm going with this guy now. Which I've heard many of my single friends say, I kind of wish that was our practice today because the dating field is terrible right now. <laughs> I mean, fair. I'm, I get it. I get it. But granted, I haven't dated in a very long time, but I also, it could, it could, it could work or it could be so bad. Right. Like I think about people my parents might've chosen for me. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) That's okay. Then also to avoid dating. I don't know. I don't know. I get it. Yeah, I have friends say the same. It's tough. All right, we want to do one more and then wrap up. Since Sounds you- good. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go with the names. Oh, I'm sorry. After you read 63 verses, I think I can handle it. I'll be okay. <laughs> I will survive. All right, here we go. Abraham's death and his descendants. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimron, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. I forgot <clears throat> that Abraham got remarried. Not going to lie. I did too. He's obviously fertile. Dude. I saw that with Ishmael too, but. <laughs> Dude's over a hundred years old. Didn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like interested in how they fall into the promise because obviously Isaac is the key. I should just shut up and read. Okay. All right. The sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Letushim, and Lemumim. The sons of Midian were Epha, Epher, uh oh, Henoch, Abida, and Elda. 
All these were the children of Keturah. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Oh, well, that answers it. He sent them away. Get out of here. I know that's a cultural practice at the time, but I don't, I still don't like it. Mm, No, I get it. All right. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, east of Mamre, the field that Abraham had purchased from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac settled at Bir Laharoi. These are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's sons, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in the order of their birth. Neboeth, the first born of Ishmael, and Kedar, Adbeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hat. Hadad, Temar, or Tema, Jetur, Napish, and Kedema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by the village and by their encampments. Twelve princes according to their tribes. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Twelve and twelve. Fascinating. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. He settled over against his against all his kinsmen. It's like I read these things because, I mean, I read the Bible, I say all the time, not as often as I should. I've read Genesis many times before and just like new things pop out yeah. to me. And just like all of this that we just read, I'm yeah. like... It's yeah dawning on me for the first time. Yeah. Well, I feel like I haven't given the um, attention that these chapters in particular deserve. Yeah. They feel you know, like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. In the past, they feel like filler, right? Because yeah. you're trying to get to the exciting parts, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still very important. Absolutely. The symmetry of mm-hmm. the tribes. Fascinating. Right. The anti tribes. <laughs> I I don't I'm kind of like speechless as to how fascinated I am by that. It'd be a lot of fun to look into. Like what we know Yes. Historically which I'm gonna make a note of now. Yeah. I would love to just like investigate how that, because the Jewish people track their tribes very well for a very, very long time. And I think now maybe yeah. two are left who still track their lineages. I could be wrong. Um, I think the tribe of Benjamin still tracks it. But I'm not sure. I'm, nobody yeah. quote me on that. <laughs> um, but it's just uh, all nature is but art unto thee so the saying goes or something like that i love that okay the birth of jacob and esau 
Here we go. The exciting part. <laughs> All right. <laughs> These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's sons. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Armenian, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. So many barren women in the Bible. Right. So many. I think just to emphasize again and again and again that children are a gift from God. A literal gift. Yeah, absolutely. A miracle, a gift. Um, Yeah. Precious. So precious. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived in her womb, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. The division starts. The division starts. I mean, the, the division had already started. Before they've been born, basically. Yeah, true. It was foretold. Literally foretold. And I just love the picture of life in the womb yeah. here because yeah. they were already fighting. Right. They were already at each other's heels. Heels. <laughs> true. But, yeah, I just find it fascinating. And it's not like God is saying that they will be at each other's throats because that's what he wants for them. I think we have to clarify that sometimes that when God says there will be enmity between things, I don't think he necessarily wants people to be enemies. Right. It's just, he knows what's going to happen. So he's telling you. Yeah. He's like, heads up. Be By prepared. the way. Yeah. BT dub. I had to throw that in there. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. When Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which sounds like Hebrew for red. Okay. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. At this point, I feel like they have to be teenagers because I could just imagine (laughs) a whiny, teeny Esau walking into camp going, I'm so hungry, I'm going to die. I don't care. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, hunting wasn't just like you go and you sit and you wait. It was like hunting, like you were in the field carrying what you can and you're hunting. Tracking like down. Could take days. Yeah. So I have no doubt that he's hungry. And if he was a teenager, then he's just even more so because right. teenage boys will eat you out of house and home in a day. 
just a thing. But um, I think it's, I think he probably was pretty hungry <laughs> and his right. brother definitely took advantage and saw and I don't know if Esau like just was on the brink of death, starvation, or if he's just being dramatic because that's totally plausible. But um, my point was obviously Esau and Jacob had two different views on the birthright. Like it's something, and I think that's something you see with privileged people. Like, if you have it, you've always had it. Esau was always knew he had this going for him. Right. He was going to inherit. And Jacob's like, I will never have it because I'm the second son. Right. Yada, yada, yada. So the level of importance to each one of them was vastly different for, yeah. because they're both coming at it from two different perspectives. Also, I guess if I was... If I really thought I was going to die, I care matter. about a lot less things. <laughs> right. But again, if we think of him being out hunting, surely he came back with some game, unless it was a very unfruitful hunt and he truly would have nothing to eat. Right. Right. Who knows how long he was gone or what that all entailed. Right. I don't know. But he at least was like, I'm going to die. I don't care. Give me some of this. Too. Right. I'm so hungry. I don't care what you take from me. But then again, I always struggled with Jacob's part of the story because Jacob is so important, right? He's one of the patriarchs, but he's a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little shit to everybody. Crafty butthead. Yes. But God still uses him. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, we'll see it later how he even tricks his dad. Right. And the whole thing. He tricks his, his dad. Blame he you, tricks his father-in-law. He, yeah. he just tricks everybody. Yeah. Crafty. Um, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm really sorry, you guys. It's okay. What? But yes, Jacob, it's, it's important, I think, to note what you just said. Mm-hmm. He is a little shit. But at the same time, God's like, you're still going to be a big deal, dude. I'm still going to use you. So not about you. <laughs> it's literally not about him. Yeah. And that is the thing to remember. Cause I think all the time people, uh, atheists like to be, Oh, that book's made up or whatever. And it's like, people wouldn't write these stories about their fourth fathers that paint them in such a negative light. Like right. who wants to tell a story about their ancestor where they're being a little shit to everybody. Exactly. Like this guy was a jerk, right. but we still look up to him. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> He's a saint next uh, to Laban. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's very true. Good point. But um, yeah, this always, Jacob's story always gets to me too. Stinker. That's what I call son him. said, there's extra text. Don't rem- remember where. Sorry. But it said Esau had just killed someone and was on the run. Probably not true, but interesting. That is interesting. I think extra biblical legends are fascinating. I always wonder how they come about. Yeah. Um, I would love to look into that. That would be interesting. 
Ooh, there we go. Uh, Yasher. So in the book of Yasher, it claims that he kill he Nimrod. killed Nimrod. Whoa! And, and Nimrod was a great man. Yeah. So that's fascinating. And again, another like rabbit hole to jump down. Yeah. Check out. I do love um, like Jewish mysticism and and their their tales outside of the Bible. Yeah. Just because it's it's fascinating to me and. Where is the truth? I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know, but I love I love I w- the stories. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I would love to read more of those and just like be more familiar, not just with Jewish Jewish mysticism, but just like right. all of Jewish tradition. Oh. Yes. Because as Christians, we derive our roots from Jewish tradition. So just one of those things I wish I had a better appreciation for. Yeah. It's like a to-do list for me. Like, yeah. Get better. <laughs> Just this. get better at everything. Just get better. <laughs> yeah, that's in general. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I love Bible study. Me too. That was the end of that chapter? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I know. You read such attention, a long I swear. One. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> that was a good one. And I love these. I love these stories because, you know, like if you were raised in church, um, these are the these are the Sunday school stories that you hear. But I love as you grow up, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, how much more in depth you get with these things. Yes, and how much more you can glean from them. The more you read them, and the more you know, and the things that jump out to you when yeah. they never jumped out to you before. Exactly, it's so fun. It never gets old. Yeah. Definitely so. not. So you can't use that excuse, guys. Sorry. I've read it. Been there, done that. You never know what God will appre- impress upon you when you're reading. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, so, Hicktown, honey, I enjoy seeing some Jewish creators' content to learn from. So, oh. if you have any suggestions, I'll yes. take them all day. Same. Yeah, definitely drop those in the Discord. And speaking of the Discord, guys, make sure you hop on over there, send us your prayer requests so we can pray together. I know Hicktown Honey sent us a praise. She said she hit 36 yesterday. Thankfully, she got to spend time with her family. They're a mixed match family as she is the only biological child, but God put us together. Thank you for sharing that story. That just warms my heart because uh, I'm sure a lot of you who follow me on Twitter know that my husband and I are in the adoption process. So just seeing families who have all that specialness going on is just so sweet and heartwarming. Yay. Also happy birthday and happy belated birthday. Sounds like it was a good birthday. It does sound like it was a good so, birthday. The picture is great. I love that you sent us a praise too. That, yes. That's both praise or, or prayer requests, all of it. Yes, we'll take all of it. I know Kelsey asked earlier in the week for us to be in prayers for her. So definitely praying for Kelsey. Um, Anything we can pray for you for, Elise? I don't know. I don't know. I should have been prepared. I got nothing at the moment. Pray that you survive the week. Yes. Yeah. There we go. How about you? The adoption process, of course. The adoption process. Uh, We sent in the uh, home study paperwork, and then she was gone for like two weeks. And she finally got back to me, and she's like, "Uh, so I need a thousand more papers and two more trainings. I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> okay, great. Thanks. Great. So I'm working on One of the on trainings that. is done. Right? Yeah, I finished one of those over the weekend. I got to finish the other, get the rest of the paperwork done and send that out. And hopefully we'll get the home study visit soon, assuming I have no more paperwork to do. Please, no more paperwork. Oh, my goodness. My no soul kidding. is cut up with paperwork. Paper cuts on your soul. Paper cuts all over my soul. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Base Babe asked, any more acceptance of God's timing for things? Mm-hmm. I think that's Definitely. a good one just in general. <sighs> Boy, I, I feel that. I feel that deep in my soul. Mm-hmm. I am so impatient for God's timing. I'm so bad at it. I need that prayer too. <laughs> it's like we all need that prayer. Yes. yes. Accurate. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. You want to close us out in prayer today? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for this opportunity to just get to be with your people, Lord, to have this time with Elise and with our community and to just be in your presence, to read your word and to learn from our past, learn from the patriarchs, to learn about the beautiful story you have put together, God. I just thank you so much for all that you have given us and all of the wonderful blessings. I thank you so much for Hicktown Honey, who got to celebrate another wonderful birthday. I just thank you for her being in our lives. And I thank you for all of our wonderful community who is in our lives. You know the hearts and prayers that are in our community and around the world. I pray that you'd be with Kelsey as she is dealing with things in her life. I pray that you'd be with our friend Frida. And I pray that you'd be with Elise and I as we go throughout the week. I pray that you'd be with this adoption process. And God, you know all of the hopes and dreams and fears that rest on our hearts. You know the ache that is in our society. You know the suffering that is in our world, God. I pray that you would just reach out and put your hands on all of us. Guide and direct us so that we may live out your will, Lord. And I pray that in all these things, we obey you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You guys are awesome. I love all y'all. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. This was a good discussion. And um, oh, you'll look back and think it was quick, even though it feels so slow now. Yeah, I keep trying to tell myself that. Yeah, in the moment. It does not feel that way, but yeah. Yeah. She's right. So later down the road, we'll come back and be like, remember, remember when? Right. Yes. So thank you guys so much. Have a blessed week. Thank you for being here. We'll see you Friday to talk about gratitude. Ooh, yeah. Yay. Um, But yeah, continue to drop prayer requests if you need them in the Discord because, you know, it doesn't just have to be Bible study. We're praying for you always. And uh, thank you. Have a wonderful night. Bye, guys. God bless.